Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Praise God. While you remain standing, I'm going to read two verses in the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who hath called us by His glory and virtue, by which have been given us, given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Notice he said, where has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And I want to preach on the subject, possessing the promise. Possessing the promise. Let's worship him as we're seated. God, we love you and we thank you. Have your way to the glory of God. Let this word go forth for the furtherance of your kingdom. Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Possessing the promise. The Bible consists of 66 books containing 1,189 chapters, which contain a total of 31,102 verses. And it said in all of those 31,102 verses, there are 8,810 promises in the entire Bible. 1,323 of those promises are either from a person to a person or a person making a promise to God or angels making promises to people or even there are some promises that the devil made to people. But you know what? I wouldn't think, I wouldn't carry one of those promises that he made for nothing. Amen. I wouldn't believe any of those promises because he's a liar. Amen. He promised to Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness. Uh, amen. He said, why don't uh, he took him up on this high mountain? He said, hey, if you uh, will bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of the kingdoms of the world and all the glory of them. Amen. And you say, well, how could he promise that if he could not come through with that promise? Well, he could, you see, because Adam and Eve were given this world and the dominion of it, and then they blew it and fell, and they gave it over to Satan, and the Bible said Satan became the god of this world. So, amen, in a way, that was a promise, but Jesus didn't take the bait, amen. Jesus said, amen, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Praise the Lord. So out of those 8,810 promises, 1,323 were not from God to us. But you know what that means. It means that the remaining 7,487 of them are from God to His people. Amen. And that is why 
Amen. Like my wife said, when we become discouraged or a little bit down or we're a little bit as we see things and things haven't aren't happening as fast as we'd like them. Amen. For us to continue to, to digest and read the word of God and let these promises saturate our hearts and minds and give us that hope and that expectation. Amen. Every day we need to read that word to constantly be reminded that he has, amen, thousands of promises for us. Amen. And may I remind you, unlike the devil, the Lord is not a liar. The Bible said he cannot lie. In fact, it's impossible for him to lie. So when he made over 7,000 promises to his people, he keeps his promises. Amen. He keeps them. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 said, God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. He has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken it? And will he not fulfill it? You better believe he will. Amen. And as children of God, as believers of God, we need to not only read about all these promises that he made to his people, but we need to pursue and to possess these promises for ourselves. We can't just sit around and hope one of these promises is going to come by and knock us on the head and just drop in our lap. That's not the way they work. Amen. God makes a promise and then we pursue. We go after the promise. We possess the promise. We make that promise our own. Amen. Praise God. The promised land was a land that, amen, what God told Abraham way back before the tribes of Israel, before Jacob, before Isaac, amen. Abraham, God told Abraham, wherever your feet walk, you're going to walk around this area. Wherever your feet walk, amen, I'm going to give that land to your descendants way down the road, amen. And it's going to be called, that's why it's called the promised land. He promised that land to Abraham's descendants, amen. And so after 40 years in the wilderness, the 12 tribes of Israel, amen, now millions strong are about ready to go into the promised land. They're about ready to cross the Jordan River. Amen. Moses, his tenure is over and he was going to pass the baton to Joshua and Joshua would lead them over the Jordan River and they were going to go possess that land. Amen. But they had to possess it. They had to go over there. They had to fight for it. Amen. And claim it. Praise God, because just because God promised it doesn't mean you automatically get it. you got to take what God has promised you. Yeah. Amen. How bad do you want the promises of God? we got to go after it. So of the 12 tribes of Israel, amen, they were all supposed to go over the Jordan and fight, amen, and claim that promised land, amen, as an inheritance. But there were three tribes that came to Moses before they were still in the wilderness. And they saw Reuben, the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh because Joseph had two sons 
Ephraim and Manasseh. So those, uh, it's referred to as the tribe of Joseph sometimes or the, or the half tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh. And Manasseh, amen, one of Joseph's sons, he, he joined with Reuben and Gad and they went to Moses and they said, you know what, we don't want to really go over on the promised land. Uh, we're not, we, we just, we like this land over here right near the other, right near the river here on the wilderness side and we want to have our herds uh, and our cities and, uh, and our, our inheritance over here. But see, God said, oh no, it's on that side of the river. All of the 12 tribes are supposed to go. They're all supposed to fight together. And they said, we don't want to go over there. We want this. We want your permission and blessing to take this. And Moses was upset. He goes, no, because then you're going to stay over here and your brothers are going to be fighting over there and they need your help. All 12 tribes fighting together to get the inheritance for all of them to fulfill the promise that Abraham gave, that God gave Abraham. And then they agree. They said, well, how about if we leave all of our flocks and our, our, our women and children over here and then all the men, we'll, we'll go over and we'll fight with them. And then finally, amen, Moses uh, talked about it and thought about it. And, and he said, okay, he goes, That's a, uh, we'll, we'll let that go. We'll, we'll, we'll let you do that. So they stayed on the, prom, the, uh, the wilderness side of the promised land. And, uh, they, but they went over, the men of those three tribes went over to fight with the other guys. Uh, amen. And so, you see, what I'm trying to say is they didn't want to possess the promise that was originally planned for them. They wanted this other land. It might have been good, but it wasn't what God had for them. And so this is a perfect example, because if you ever heard the term perfect will of God versus the permissive will of God, the perfect will of God was for all 12 tribes to cross over and to possess the land on that side of the river. Amen. Amen. But then because they worked out that deal with Moses, amen, then there was the permissive will of God for them to go ahead and stay on that side. Amen. But I think they robbed themselves a little bit. Praise God. I think they didn't get what all they should have got. Praise the Lord. Amen. And you know, folks, we should not settle for the permissive will of God. For the permissive will of God is kind of what I want to do, God. And I hope you're in with it with me. Amen. Instead of saying, Lord, your will be done. Not my will. Your perfect will. Amen. Your perfect will. And then when the tribes went over and they were, they were taking over the cities and all this kind of stuff, they were starting. And then, and then Joshua, while he was still alive, as they conquered areas of this promised land, he would divvy out certain sections of the land per tribe. And he said, okay, the tribe of this tribe, you get this section of land. Okay, this tribe gets over here. And he was dividing them all up. Praise God. And he, through God's direction, amen, gave the inheritance to all the tribes of Israel. And one of the tribes named Dan, amen, they had a smaller area, praise God, than they thought that they should get because they were, you know, one of the bigger tribes. But Joshua gave him this area, but it was a good area. It was a very, it was area right up against the Mediterranean Sea. It was a fertile land. You could have a lot of commerce by shipping and, 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 and uh, fishing and all that stuff. But they weren't happy with their possession, praise God. They weren't happy with the promise that God had given them. And so they sent spies way up in the north, because they were down in the south of the promised land, way up in the north. And they saw an area that was still kind of, what we say, unincorporated. Amen. It hadn't been taken over yet. Praise God. And uh, so they went up there and they conquered that area. And they drove out, to, amen, the, the uh, 
the heathen people up there, and they took it over. And so Dan had their original thing, but then there was this northern chunk uh, that was called Dan. Amen. So they weren't happy with what God gave them, so they went and got their own extra piece. Praise God. Then we fast forward uh, unto the time when the kings, and you had Saul, and you had David, and you had Solomon, all king of the united kingdom of 12 tribes. And then remember when Solomon died, his son Rehoboam, he made some mistakes and the kingdom was split. And the 10 tribes at the north split from the two tribes of the, in the south. And you had King Rehoboam over Judah and you had King Jeroboam over the north. Amen. And Jeroboam, he said, because Jerusalem was where everybody was supposed to go worship. He said, I don't want them all going from the north down to Jerusalem because then they'll, they'll start picking off my people. I don't want, I, I want to keep this thing split. So he built two golden calves, huge golden calves with altars to burn sacrifices. He put one down in the south and guess where he put the other one? In Dan, in the north. So that northern thing of Dan, it turned into an idolatrous abomination. Amen. And the Bible refers to it as the sin of Jeroboam all the way through to the New Testament. Amen. And that's what happens uh, when people don't aren't happy with what God gives them and they go for something that wasn't supposed to be theirs. And you know, speaking of those three tribes, Gad and Reuben and Manasseh, they were all on the other side of the river, on the wilderness side. If you look at any map of Israel from 1948, when they became a nation again, amen, even in 1967, when they fought that next war and they took a little bit more territory, they fought the Yom Kippur War in the early 70s, amen, you look at the maps of Israel all the way through, and guess what, amen, there was no land on the wilderness side of the Jordan River that Israel has claimed in this, this, this century or last century, amen, in the 20th century because that wasn't, uh, amen, the plan of God, praise God. And so Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh, their land never became part of modern-day Israel. I wonder why. They should have just went over there and done what they should have done in the beginning to possess the promise that God gave them. Amen. Praise God. You see, when we're not satisfied with the promise of God and we do not take possession of what God has given us or we're not thankful for what He's already given us, amen, we can get in a lot of trouble going elsewhere, possessing something else that was never intended for us to have either right now or ever. Praise God. Because the grass is not always greener on the other side. Amen. you got to mow it no matter where you're at. Amen. You got to pick the rocks up before you mow it or you ruin your blade and, and, and wherever you're at. You got to pull the weeds wherever you're at. Amen. Praise God. Things do not always appear as they really are. And that's why if you say, I want to be in your will, God, you're going to be okay because you're not going to be fooled by some uh, mirage or something that something else is better. Praise God. When I read about Abraham and his nephew Lot, 
They were together. Abraham took care of his nephew Lot after his parents passed away. And then as they, they traveled, as the years passed, Abraham and his servants and his flocks became huge. And Lot, he had a lot of servants and he had a lot of flocks and herds. And, they, and Abraham came to him and said, we cannot dwell together. Our, our, our servants and our herdsmen are fighting. And there's not enough uh, grazing land for all of our herds and flocks. So he took him up on this little hill, him and Abraham and Lot. And Abraham gave him first choice. He said, Lot, you pick where you and your, all your group want to go, and we'll go the other way. I give you first choice. And where did he pick? He picked with his eye. Amen. I don't know if he prayed about it. I don't know if he thought about it or whatever. He picked with his eye, and he saw the well watered plains and the fertile plains of Sodom and Gomorrah and said, that's where I want to go. And that's where he went. And Abraham took another area. Amen. Praise God. We've got to be in the will of God, folks, and possess the promises he wants us to have. Amen. But I'm so excited about those 7,400 and some odd promises that God has given to his people. Amen. There's like a little song that we've sing in the past. Amen. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. I'm trusting in his love divine because every promise in the book is mine. Amen. Everybody say it's mine. Everybody say it's mine. We got to take possession. Amen. We can't say, oh, yeah, that's sister so-and-so's promise. That's grandpa's promise. That's uncle so-and-so's promise. No, that's your promise if you're a child of God. Amen. Amen. And that's half the battle is knowing that those promises are for you and for you to pursue them and for you to go after them. It's not for you to say, well, I'm not worthy of it and that's not for me and I don't know, I shouldn't even think that God would even want me to have that. Oh, no, you need to grab a hold of that and say, that's mine, amen, and nobody's going to stop me from taking those promises. Praise the Lord. Amen. Some promises have to be waited on. Some promises have to be pursued. Some promises even have to be fought for. Even today, we have to fight for them. But every promise has to be possessed. Amen. We got to grab a hold of it and make it our own. The word possess means to have, to hold, to own, to retain, to rejoice in. We've got to possess the promises, because the promises of God to his people are not for somebody else. They're, they are for his people, all of his people. And we are the New Testament equivalent of the Old Testament children of Israel. We are spiritual Jews by faith. We are the church of the living God. And those promises are for us. Amen. Amen. I want everybody to say, I am one of his people. His promises are for me. Pretty good, but let's do a little bit better. His promises are for me. Okay, that's good. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read a few promises. You know, I can't. I don't have time to do all 7,400 of them. Amen. Because you know it's going to be hot, and you know we got to go get some lemonade sometime later. Praise God. It's a nice tea, but, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read about a promise, and then when the time comes, I want you to say, that promise is for me. 
Okay? I'm going to read you some specific promises. And I want us all to say, that promise is for me. And mean it, praise God. Because if I don't believe it, and I don't speak it, and I don't mean it, it's not going to happen for me. Because faith, amen, is what it's all about. Mark 16, 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That promise is for me. James 5, 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. Amen. That promise is for me. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That promise is for me. Romans 8, 31, If God be for us, who can be against us? That promise is for me. James 4, 17, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That promise is for me. Woo! Praise the Lord. God, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, praise the Lord. 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That promise is for me, praise God. Hebrews 13, 5, he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That promise is for me. Amen. We need to receive it. We need to possess it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There had no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above yet you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That promise is for me. Luke 6, 38, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure you meet, if all it shall be measured unto you. That promise is for me. Let's thank him for his promises. Let's thank him for his promises. Let's thank him for every one of them. It's for me, it's for you. Well, praise the Lord. I could go on and on about the wonderful, powerful promises that God has made to his people. But without question, amen, I want to talk about one of those promises. This, I believe, is one of the greatest of those 7,487 promises that God has given to his people. And that is the promise that he, God, the mighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords, amen, would, would, would humble himself somehow and come down and die for us and so that he could send his spirit back. And he, the mighty God, would come and somehow for some reason, amen, love us enough to live inside of my heart and your heart. That's one of the greatest promises that God has given to have his spirit in your heart. Amen, because he wants to change us from the inside out. 
Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you'll keep my judgments and do them. 2 Corinthians 6, 16, we are the temple of the living God. Even as God has said, I will dwell in them and I will walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Oh, thank God for God living inside. I wouldn't be able to make it if he wasn't living inside. I wouldn't be able to make it if he wasn't taking the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, direct my life. Oh, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, send your Holy Ghost. Jesus, send your Holy Ghost. Power. Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry or wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Jesus mentions in the Gospels the promise of the Father. Who's the Father? In the Old Testament, he was called Yahweh or Jehovah. Amen. Where did he promise? What did he promise? Well, we already read it in Ezekiel. He promised that he'd put his spirit inside of us. Amen. Isaiah said, amen, he put his spirit inside of us with, a, with refreshing. Amen. And Joel said he was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh and everybody was going to have an opportunity to receive it. Amen. But just because God poured the promise of the Father out, just because He made it available to anybody and whosoever will, amen, not everybody's just going to walk down the street and receive the Spirit of God without even knowing it or asking for it. Amen. you got to believe it, you got to pursue it, and then you got to possess it for yourself. I can't give it to you, you can't give it to me, but I can ask God for it and He'll give it to me. Because it's a promise. Acts 1, 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard from me. Acts 2, 33, therefore being the, by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. Because when you have the Spirit of God in your heart, when you have the promise of the Father in your life, amen, you're, you're going to see it and you're going to hear it, amen. Because it's not just something that you're walking around, amen, and being a patty cake person. Praise God. Oh, yeah, I've got the Spirit of God. How can I tell? Oh, you just got to have it by faith. Oh, no, you're going to know I have it because the Bible said, it's, I'm on Jesus, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. They were baptized with cloven tongues like as a fire. Amen. And when you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, sometimes you can't sit still. When you start thinking about the goodness of Jesus, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. I can't sit still. I can't be quiet. I got to clap. I got to wave. I got to jump. I got to praise God. Amen. You see it and you hear it. It's real. Oh, hallelujah. Acts 2.37, now when they heard this, Peter continued to preach, and then he got to the end, and 
when they heard, the, the crowd said, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, they were condemned, they were convicted. Amen. They felt sad about the whole thing. They said unto Peter, the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter gave them the answer, amen, of what you should do, what everybody should do. This is the answer for every single man, woman, boy, and girl in the world. This is what will get you on the right track with God. Amen. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That gift of the Holy Ghost he calls the promise. That next verse for the promise. It's the promise of the Father. The promise is unto you. It's a promise to your children. It's a promise even to generations down. It's a promise to every corner of the globe. Amen. As many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, Save yourselves from this untoward, this perverse generation. Amen. That last verse. Amen. He told you how to be saved. He said, now go and do it. Praise God. Now go and pursue it. Now go and possess it. Amen. Ephesians 1, 3, in whom ye also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after also that ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. That's one of the greatest promises God made for us in this New Testament dispensation of grace, the church age, is that He will live inside of our hearts. Amen. And I want you to stand right now, if you would. I'm going to read one more passage. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sometimes we don't get... We don't see those promises come to pass right away. We read about it. We say, God, that's what that's for me. I'm going after it. But maybe we don't realize it. We don't see it happen. It doesn't come to fruition in our lives right away. But he said, don't cast away your confidence in God. There's great reward in keeping your faith and keeping your confidence and trust in God. He said, you got to have need of patience. Because one of the greatest things we need to go along with our faith is patience. Amen. Because if you only have faith you know, by itself, you know you're going to get discouraged. Because faith believes for it right now. But patience says, hey, hang on there, faith. Keep on having faith. And wait on the Lord. Amen. And do the will of God as you're waiting. And you might receive the promise. Praise the Lord. So all those 7,000 promises, amen, praise God. I only read a handful of them, but there's so many beautiful promises of God to his people, and we need to read about them. We need to say, that's for me. Every time you read it, now you say, Lord, that's for me. That's for me. I want that one. I praise God. I'm going to stand on your word, amen. And if you have not received the promise of the Father this morning, Amen. The gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit inside of you. Amen. I encourage you to seek after it. 
I encourage you. Amen. And if you don't get it the first time, just keep going. Praise God. I've heard of people seeking after it for a while, and they didn't get it, but they didn't give up. Amen. In fact, when I was seeking after it, my whole family started coming to church at the same time, and every one of them got it like boom, 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 boom. And here was old Randy over here going, hey, how about me, oh Lord? Come by here, Lord. Come by here with a bucket of spirit. Hallelujah. But it was two weeks. And that's back when we had church. Wednesday, we had revival services. We had a revival in, in town with an evangelist. And we had over at the Bellflower Church, we had service on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. And they, they said, well, we're, we're going to give you Monday and Tuesday off. But back in the 60s, we did seven days a week and two on Sunday. I go, well, praise God for Monday and Tuesday off. Amen. But for two weeks, Wednesday through Sunday, I was going after that Holy Ghost power spirit to receive that born again of the spirit, that promise of the Father. And finally, God blessed me with it. Praise God. And you know why? Because I kept pursuing it and I kept until I possessed it. Amen. I encourage you. It's for you. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Don't let anybody tell you that was only for the apostles and nobody's having any kind of miracles or speaking in tongues or any of that stuff today. Amen. We don't have any of that. All we got is the Bible and faith and that's all you got. So hang on. Oh no. That'd be sad if that's all I got. Amen. I got the Bible and everything in it that's still good. Amen. What they, what they read about in the book of Acts 2,000 years ago is still happening in 2022. If you'll believe it, if you'll pursue it, and if you'll say yes, that's still for me in 2022. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.